It's time for another episode of Dool Chicago 60 Podcast. I am your illustrious host, Justin Jaywar, and do we have an amazing episode for you. We have an awesome special guest. We just did a little bit of his intro right there for you, so we're going to get into who he is and what he's all about in a minute. But this week on the Podcast, we're talking about folk music in Chicago Part of because of who's our special guest. Then we're also going to talk about performing on stage. Music versus theater and improv. Norm and I have done improv and theater. Our special guest does music on stage. We're going to talk about the differences and the similarities so you know what it's like being up there. If you go watch it or if you do it yourself, it's going to be an amazing conversation. We're also going to be talking about the 18th Street Red Line. Pilsen Stop has got graffiti graffitiists. And it's not any good. Damn you, you graffiti artists, but not the good kinds. And then we're also talking about DePaul Sleepout. That's right, there's a sleepout because people are sleeping outside. I think it makes sense. We're going to talk about that. We also have potentially one more bonus topic. And, of course, we end every episode with the Jagoff of the Week. It's now time for our very, very special guest and our episode coming right now. It's now time for the Podcast! Yeah! That was yeah. uh, that was very nice, very nice, very nice indeed. Uh, gentlemen, uh, cheers to the cheers. podcast. Salute. Salute. Prost. I feel like I'm hiding in, <laughs> in, in a cave here. You moved the bench so I don't even have a seat. <laughs> there's a seat behind yeah, I'm you. I'm going to mess up the camera. Ah, oh, jeez. All right. There's a, no, there's a seat behind I'm you. I'm just going to squat. Box. I'm going to squat. Oh, my God. <laughs> God. I try and do an intro, and this guy starts talking all of a sudden. Anyway, thanks, everybody, for watching. If you're watching or listening on iTunes, I am, as I mentioned, your illustrious host of the Chicago City Podcast. It is me, Justin J. War. Sitting across from me is my co-host and co-star tonight, Norm Storm and Quiet. Quiet Storm quiet and Norman. Quiet Storm and Norman. Hello. That. Hello. Hello, Quiet everyone. Storm and Norman. How are you, my friend? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. 
Excellent. How do you feel being back in the seat across from oh, me? Oh man, it's 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 been a long time, right? It's, yeah, it's been. It's been you've been in the booth yeah. where where yeah. the other person is. I'll intro, intro him in a yeah. second. You've been you've been all over the place, yeah. but tonight you are in the main spot. It's, it feels good to to sit back in the seat, but you know what? Uh, I, I will say Ron does a damn good job at That's this right. spot. So. Ron is not with us tonight because Ron is preparing for a last minute audition. Mm -hmm. That yes. he got tonight yes. that he has in the morning. So, Priorities. I guess fuck us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? So much for this. So much for being part of the company. Hey. He's got an audition. No, we wish him all the oh, best of luck. Yeah. That's paid, and this is not. Yeah. So, <laughs> yep. Godspeed, my friend. Yep. So, uh, Ron's on hiatus, but that only means we have the great blessings of having Quiet Storm and Norman in front of the camera for all of you wonderful viewers tonight in the booth. We've got Joe. Nilo, what's up, Joe? How you doing? Crouch down over there. Hello. Yeah, I feel like I'm squatting like, uh, oh, like damn it, what's his name from The Hobbit? Uh, Frodo? Wait, no. Samwise Gamgee? No, he's talking Gollum. about- Gollum. You're Gollum. Yeah, oh, yeah. We got Gollum over there. Gollum. Yeah. I'm a little Gollum just clutching this microphone. You realize you can stand. Like, it's-, it's I'm going to knock things over if I there's, stand. There's and, and I'll be blocking there. the light. There's, there, you, got, you guys got great stand, light so. shining <laughs> on you. The light's fine, Joe. I will cast my shadow upon you. Yes. I will stand up and you will see my shadow. All right. Well, on top of you. The, the, the sacrifices we all make to put so on this late. show for you, our wonderful viewers. And so that is the C60 crew who's with you here tonight. And now I want to introduce our special guest. This is a very interesting man who I met uh, in very interesting circumstances. So back in the day when I was a bar back at Sparrow, this lovely gentleman sitting next to me was at La Colombe. And I would go, and I would get coffee. And I did not know this man at first. And he was so gentle and so nice and so sweet. He would give me free coffees at times. He would sometimes, he would sometimes be super nice to me and say, how are you doing? And we would have wonderful chit-chats. We had great chit-chats. And I got to know this guy, and I found he's a very cool dude. And he would come into Sparrow, and we would, in kind, provide him with free beverages good, good. for all of the freeness that, uh, that they helped us with. And it was a... It was a Quid, quid pro, pro quo. quo. Yeah, yeah, yep, we're using that phrase. <laughs> so there you go. But this gentleman is very cool. And then we got to talk. And we found out that we both are artists in a way. And I started to finally listen to his wonderful music. And he is a fantastic, wonderful, super talented, extraordinary folk music musician. Do I throw in blues, dare I say, or just folk? Do it. Blues as well. <laughs> blues and folk, motherfuckers. Mm. That's what he does. It is Elijah Burlow. Hello, hello. 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 Glad to be here, Dan. How are you, man? Welcome. God, I'm great after yeah. that intro. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah man. Like the best Absolutely. intro I've had. Yeah, well, there well, it's well deserved. Thanks. It's well deserved. Uh, for those of you who are uh, who, who are listening uh, and are perhaps watching from the onset of the live session on Facebook, you heard some music that was going on. That is your uh, one of your tunes. Is it not? That is a tune recorded last October. Nice. Live to um, a video that we did as well. Wonderful. Yeah, and the, the, the title of that song was? Because <clears throat> Norm found it. I didn't. Out to Dry. Out. Out to Dry. Yeah. Out to Dry. Where did you uh, do the recording, the filming of we it? We did it on Humboldt and Pulaski. Or oh. no, uh, North and Pulaski in Humboldt Park. Nice. At my friend's DIY space called uh, VCR. Who's doing Very shows cool. there. I just played there last month, actually. And it was great. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. So uh, yeah, man. So uh, as as I duly stated, I know you from. Uh, we've known each other for almost a year now. Yeah, I would say. 
and uh, now you're here mm. on the podcast with us. It's a full circle. It is this a full circle. <laughs> this life is a, just a breadcrumb after a breadcrumb. It is. That's what it I is. found out. It I, is. I have a fir- uh, question. For the is it really pronounced La Cologne? Yeah. Yes. The, the one with the E at the end. Yes. You don't pronounce the E? It's nope. French, man. It's cl- Yeah, it's French. You it's know, La French. Cologne. La Cologne. Yeah, oh, well, that sounded much better when Elijah said it. Oh, <laughs> I, 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 didn't, I didn't know that. I always thought it was like La Cologne or something. But, you know, I never said it out loud before. So I guess no one ever corrected me. <laughs> I would never have guessed uh, that that it was pronounced that way. But, um, yeah, I, now I learned to. It's always good to ask. Yeah. It's always, it's always good that, to, to inform yourself. You know, things. yeah, but like then everyone, if if you go, if you walk into a store and go, how does the store pronounced? They, lo- they look at you funny. It's, it's called Kmart. Kmart. It's, <laughs> Kmart. it's not Kmart. Kmart. It's Kmart. No, 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 it's it's I thought the K- it's Sears. <laughs> it's one more. No, but I totally thought the K was silent. <laughs> it's the like, dash. Are you, are you serious? Mart. <laughs> Just Mart. Why? Why would you not? Why would you not think the K is silent? Uh, also, every time there's a K, K after a constant, there's also, a dash. There's a dash, Joe. It's a dash. <laughs> there's a K and then a dash. They definitely want you to pronounce the K. <laughs> this is not rocket science. All right, Jesus Christ. All right, I love Joe. Okay, wait, and his, and now, his I, now I got to ask the second question, which oh, was man. Elijah. When you encountered Justin, what first? The first time you encountered him. What prompted you to give him a free coffee? The fact and knowing and knowledge that he'd probably give me a free shot. <laughs> okay, so you, you already knew that he worked at Sparrow, and yeah. you, you knew you, it was a business I don't investment. Miss much. Okay, yeah, yeah. Right. he's a very clever right. and astute guy over yeah. here. Or did you just I make could... a shitty coffee and you were like, oh, "Yeah, this is a this shit." You know what, you know what happened? Because I walked in, I was like, "Hey, I work at Sparrow. I get the free coffees, right?" He's like, "No, you jackass." <laughs> but you had such a great opportunity to be like because I knew that I would be on this podcast. That's right. Yeah, one yeah. Day, that was, also, that one day. that as was, well. It was it was the most forward thinking plan ever. <laughs> I'm in it for the long. And you wasted it on this. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, Norm! This is a worthwhile endeavor. Come on, man. All right. Well, uh, Elijah, it is a pleasure to have you here. I'm excited that you are here. I'm excited to talk about your music and things that you know. About stuff in mm. Chicago. Mm. See how I made that rhyme? Oh yeah. That's good. I thank you. Um, but what I so we have a couple of main topics I wanted to get to. First is so you are a folk and blues musician mm. here in the city, and uh, I thought it would be nice to talk. So I don't. I mean, I love folk music. That's number one. So I like a lot of your. I list, I've been listening to your music before you came here. And uh, I need to come to a live performance that I promise you I shall do. Cole's Bar, Friday the 13th. Come on out. December. This this Friday 13th. 13th. That's, uh, yeah. that's right. I saw that. Oh, yeah. That, that's uh, that's this Friday. 9 p.m. That's oh. this Friday. That's this week. I have a mm-hmm. birthday. This week. This, that's just Friday. No, no, no. Hold on, hold on. You just promised on podcast I just and said, on stream that you would go to you, his next you're show. You're goddamn right I did. <laughs> I just said I have a thing, and so I'm going to bring the people to his thing. Oh, okay. See? Nice, nice. All right. that. Way to bring people. He's not coming. Oh my God. I didn't say that. <laughs> that is not words that came out of my yeah, mouth. Yeah, no, I'll come. I'll okay. come. Yeah, just yeah, just in case. I do come to people's shows, though. When, is, good. when is the next show? Uh, not till 2020. Nice. This is the last show of the year, folks. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, okay. Well, like I, yeah. well, I am going to do what I said. And, and anyone that else out there. That is a thing that is going to If you don't got plans on Friday night, 
Coles. Coles Bar. I performed stand up at Coles. It's oh, a great venue. It's a great venue and it's a great a place venue. and a it hub is. and it's an amazing spot. They treat artists really well. They do. <clears throat> they do indeed. Um, so yeah, let's well let's get into that. So I wanted to first start out. So we're, uh, oh and and by the way, folks, uh, not you won't be able to see it on the live stream, but we're also going to do an episode of Couch Stories with Elijah afterwards. So we're, we'll find out a little bit more about how he started out and everything on that. Don't want to ruin that on this podcast, but I do want to talk to you about folk music in Chicago and blues in Chicago in general. So Chicago is rather famous for its blues music. There's uh, Kingston Mines, there's blues, there's Buddy Guys. I'm trying to think of where some other prominent spots are. Is blues but, considered the house of blues? The giant building? Well, there's also the house downtown. of blues. No, but there's but, another there's another spot oh, across blues. from Kingston Mine. Yeah, blues. blues. Yeah. It's just called yeah. blues. Yeah, it's just right. called blues. Rose's Lounge. And if you get into one, you basically have yeah, access yeah, to yeah, yeah. yeah, it. You yeah. just choose which one you want to go to. And I've been to both. And they're both wonderful. Yeah. Blues is a little bit more intimate. Kingston Mine is a little bit larger and a little yeah. bit more well-known. But they they both have amazing bands all the time. Yeah. Um, <clears> but what I wanted to... So first, let's do a little bit of history. History lesson on the podcast. Yes, I'm going to do my old English voice for this. Yes, and um, hillbilly music. I love how they call it hillbilly music. I can hillbilly music. Yes, oh, those hillbillies. My God. Yes, uh, that's what it fucking says. Though, yeah. hilarious. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff. Uh, I'm, I'm reading this from the Encyclopedia dot Chicago History dot org. So I don't know. It seems legit. Um, so it says here, I'm only going to read the last couple of, of paragraphs because it seemed like, uh, most relevant because everything's like pre-1950s and it's like, eh, fuck it. Uh, but it says here, hillbilly music in Chicago centered around, uh, WLS's live national barn dance, national barn dance, <laughs> is what that was. Okay, cool. Which offered radio audiences, cosmopolitan skits side by side with grassroots musicians such as Doc Hopkins. You know him? Mm. You know, have you heard of Doc Hopkins? Sure. Uh, all right, cool. Then these are legit <laughs> folks. <laughs> and Bradley Kincaid. You know, Br- Br- don't know of him. Okay. One of the shows, Clog Dancers. I swear to God, it's what it says. <laughs> Kentucky and Bill Monroe. Man, oh, these yeah. names are dope. Um, returned to Chicago in 1946 to make his first bluegrass recordings with banjoist Earl Scruggs. Oh, mm. yeah. You know of Earl Scruggs? Sure. Are you a uh, uh, banjoist? Are you, do you banjo? A banjo? Just? A banjoist. Banjo-y, yeah, a banjoist. I banjoist. You banjoist. And would you consider it uh, folk blues or bluegrass? Your stuff. Um, I would. Yeah, that's. I, I would consider it folk first. Folk first. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Because I like folk and I like the, all of that. Yeah. It's wonderful stuff. It, is hillbilly music an appropriate term? I think it has its roots right. and origins in like Kentucky and the Appalachian yeah. Mountains yeah. and stuff. Right. And no, I think that, that that's not like a slur or anything. Well, no. I mean, it is. I think Is if it? it were, I think they deserve uh, yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that wrong? Are we gonna <laughs> we're gonna bleep that? We're gonna have to bleep that out. No, hey, no, 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 no. Term, no. Term, Hillbilly. Yeah. I mean, it's in a dot org page, yeah. so I mean, I'm sure it's a classically used term. What are the Hatfield and McCoy? What a bunch of hillbillies. Mountain people music. Mountain people music. And that wouldn't be close to yeah, yeah. I'm gonna take the time in my booth to Google. Wonderful. Yeah, where the, that, where that Joe, 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 Joe looks up all the things. I love that. What is a slur? What is a slur? I can't find hillbilly. I can't anywhere. find it. What is it? What do I? I want to know where that word people? came from. Um. Anyway, let me get back to this history. 
In the late 1950s, a folk revival characterized by an urbane... How annoying is that voice? Yeah, right? horrible. Right. Yeah. Characterized... <laughs> In my mind, I'm like, please don't keep <laughs> I wasn't going to, but I just wanted to do it for the joke. Um, I could do a better British accent, but I won't. In the late 1950s, a folk revival characterized by an urbane approach to certain forms of American folk music ascended in national popularity. WFMT's Midnight Special began and broadcast in 1953, while clubs such as the Gate of Horn, which opened in 1956, inaugurated a succession of night spots devoted to the form of entertainment, folk music. The following year marked the founding of the Old Town School of Folk Music, located here in Chicago, which yeah. still is in existence today. Mm-hmm. In subsequent years, other institutions, such as the University of Chicago Folk Festival, which started in 1961, and Flying Fish Records, which started in 1974, focused on the work of innovative artists rooted in traditional music, a.k.a. folk music, just a few pieces of Chicago's enduring yet evolving mosaic of folk music, creativity. So there's a little bit of history for you. So it started uh, it started way before that in like the 20s, but I was trying to find like what's the trends in the history of Chicago folk music. Mm-hmm. And do we have a history of folk music here? We do. This old town school of folk music is yeah. is like a thing, man. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I was looking at it and I was like, "Holy shit, this yeah. is a thing." Bang bang. Yeah. We need to go to this thing. They yeah. they uh, cuz I mean, they teach kids how to play all types of instruments too. I, I, well, usually when I go into that area, they they have classes for young kids to learn how to play different types of instruments and i find it so fascinating that you know they're trying to teach the history of music but also just music in general because i was given a guitar as a child but not told what to do with it so i stepped on it (laughs) i just blatantly just stepped on it we're like oh well that didn't work (laughs) so yes good theory step on the guitar (laughs) yeah all right well um elijah you so you knew did you did you try uh asking the devil no, I'm not. I'm not into the crossroads thing. I'm not. No, I'm good All without right. that. <laughs> <laughs> so Elijah, uh, so so you knew some of these folks in the little history lesson that we gave here. But um, what has your experience been thus far performing folk music around the city? Do you find it's uh, it's an art form that is that you're getting a lot of uh, Support, support for yeah, support's a good word. Like, yeah, compared to other genres, what how how do you find? Well, I think Chicago's big enough where you have multiple genres being supported by multiple different communities, and all of which are really great. And the DIY community that I'm personally a part of has a lot to do with how it, my folk is informed, rather than like like yes, like Old Town School. You know, Wilco is based out of here. Bloodshot Records is a huge hub for American Americana folk music in general, mm. right? Like right now. <clears throat> um, but in terms of like support for folk music, it's just like the support for community arts kind of informs most of the support that I've gotten for my form of folk music, if that makes sense. Hmm. Um, which was easy to find, and I think that's what's kind of crazy about Chicago is that it, it is easy to find the support that you need to grow and like find the people that will like sit down and listen to you instead of like talk over you and do their shit you know right <coughs> so that's part of like the the ethos of Chicago rather than like moving to Los Angeles or New York where it's just cutthroat and if you can't do something you're thrown aside instead of being like seen and heard for a second being like, okay, I 
that's where you're at right now. Like, let's let's go to another show and see if you get any better. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like mm-hmm. Lily's Bar in Lincoln Park. I don't know if you've ever been there. That had a huge comedy scene. I played a variety hour there. They, like, invited me in to, like, do a weekly show. And I just, like, you know, it was a, it, it's a chance to work on your shit everywhere around the city. And I think yeah. that's what's so cool. Yeah. And yeah. that's <coughs> the thing between, like, the improv community and – um, musicians is that oh, yeah. we intersect very much. I mean, there's only so many storefronts. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. there are tons of storefronts, but like, there's only so many hours and minutes you can fill in a time with jokes and and music and, yeah. and improv. So the improv community is always like, well, we can't fill an entire hour, so we got some buds who either do music, have comedy. Dude, yeah, this this variety show was actually incredible. It's called the New Enlightenment Variety Show, hosted at Lily's by my friend Matt Plowman, who was in this the whole improv Second City scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's actually how I got the job at Lock Alone. It's like my manager showed up because she was taking an improv class, right? But the whole format was like, improv group, stand up, musician, improv group, improv group, stand up, musician. And it was just like the consistency of it and because of the environment of like everyone from second city was doing an improv class in general. So they knew they were like, let's go and work our shit out. Let's yeah. like pan it out. Let's need it. Let's like, you know, support everyone else. And it was like a huge crowd. And cause like improv groups are massive. <laughs> so if is, you have like yeah. five improv groups, you have yeah. like a crowd and it's yeah. great. But yeah, dude, that, that helped me so much. And that was like, that was a little foot in the door. You know what I mean? So yep. it's like, that's, that's great. But, um, I suppose, yeah, it's just, it's 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 folk music, but it's also like folk punk has been amazingly supportive in the city. Punk music has been, there's a bunch of rap music and hip hop artists. Yes. Um, Afro punk, there's just like, there's just everything that has been like collaborative and, and varietal that has been like uh, a tributary to how I can like produce my own sort of folk music, if that answers that. Yeah. Really short question. <laughs> it, yeah, it does. Well, I mean, Chicago is a large enough city, as you were saying. I mean, there's there's gonna be people in the city who are uh, inclined to uh, be interested in your interests as well. Yeah. I mean, there's just enough. I you're mean, bound to hit some folk. Yeah, you're yeah. bound to hit somebody. But how how do you? Um, what would you what would you say the interest level for folk music is like here in Chicago versus some of the other genres. Cause I mean, we know, so I mean, Ron is a hip hop rap artist. We've had Wilhelm Duke on before. He's a hip hop rap artist, another friend of mine. Uh, oh, he was the dork. You know, uh, you know, Eric. Yeah. The door guy. Yeah. So we had him on the podcast a few weeks ago. Nice. We were talking about him. Um, but how do you, um, do you, f- uh, let me, uh, let me ask the question a different way. Do you find that people who come to <coughs> listen to folk music are like, you find that there's more people who are like i like folk music so i'm always going to go to folk music type of performances or do you find that you get people who are like intrigued to learn about folk music that come in or what do you see yeah i mean i feel like i've found my support and community by what i said it's just like the diy community is largely punk ish music but like punk as an umbrella term for like indie rock indie folk indie punk like there's just so much you can umbrella under punk that like some hip-hop artists i'm like that's just like that's some punk like that's crazy so like within that vein people are so supportive that they'll like you know i like to contribute or like to to you know build a bill that is not just a singer songwriter or a folk music thing so it's just like you understand music in a different way each set so i'll have like like at cole's i'm playing with cordoba who's like a jazz band for all intents and purposes and 
Daymaker, who's like a punk band, and then I'm like a folk band. So it's like, I feel like everyone feeds into each other, but I did have to like come here, listen hella intensely, and then produce my music as such to like create an environment of which people that can like access punk music be like, oh, cool. He's screaming on stage. <laughs> like, because I scream on stage. But like, that's my outlet now instead of like, you know, something that I had to like find in myself. Um, but yeah, I think it's just like, I don't think that people are coming to these shows solely listen to folk music. That's what's great about Old Town though, is that there is this folk community that I have been connected to called Old Lazarus Harp, which is traditional folk music. And when you say folk music to them, it's basically an oral historical construct. You're talking about like, you know, 1800s Illinois, Chicagoland folk, you know, and they are just like passed down from generation to generation. And they're traditionalists, and I'm not a traditionalist. But having their support has been incredible because they're, they're also DIY. You know, they're like, let's meet at this pub every other Tuesday and play folk music. And that's where I like met all the string players I know. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. So that's really cool. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's just so many different flavors and so many different communities, but they all kind of combine into just like this vastness of of artists who all, you know, go to each other's shows, play on each other's records, all of that kind of collaboration happens. When, yeah. <coughs> when you said, uh, um, I'm, I might be mistaken, but you you said you listened intently when you when you were first here. Yeah. So were you, were you listening to the other to other artists? Uh, for inspiration, or are you trying? Were you trying to adapt your own style to fit the audience? Yeah, so I did a little bit of both. I mean, I did soul searching when I came here because I was pretty blues focused. But blues isn't within my historical like outlet. I feel like honestly, like I I don't know if I could like access those really really intense archaic emotions of blues. But like you can't step away from the blues as a fabric of society. So, like, what I did was, like, I played blues a heck of a lot before I came here. I came here, I lived in a DIY house that just had, like, punk show, noise show, punk show, hip-hop show, punk show, punk show. <laughs> like, so much punk. So, <laughs> I got to, like, be listening to a lot more punk than I thought I would. Um, and through that, just, like, watching stage presence, watching instrumentation, and watching presentation... I got to understand and access different parts of my performances that I didn't like, couldn't understand, like psych folk and like psych pop and like the whole cosmic country, like hideout scene too. It's like hugely influential, you know? It's just like, and I, I think just like seeing how people react differently to different things made me try out things that I don't, wouldn't have like normally done if I was just like, just hanging home some rural place that I was at before, you know, probably would have stuck with my own thing. But yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, everything kind of like feeds into each other. And I feel like every time I watch somebody perform, I'm like, how can I copy that? You know, <laughs> like what worked, what didn't, you know, it's just like you steal things. You, you, yeah. you, you fucking take I it. I think that's, uh, I think that's definitely something that the lay person who doesn't perform doesn't understand about people who are artists or performers in general. So, you know, for Norman, myself, if I watch, I mean, I might watch a stand-up thing or an improv thing just for the entertainment value, but really, when I'm watching it, I'm like, 
I might I might think something is funny, but I won't laugh out loud. Mm-hmm. It's really only the great ones that really make me laugh out loud. Like if I'm watching somebody of our level or caliber or something, I might be like, oh, that's funny. But it's like an internal, oh, that's funny, versus like me laughing out loud. It's very rare I find that I laugh at other comedians or improv groups unless it's like fucking hysterically mm-hmm. funny. Like I don't know about you, but I mean like so if I was to go to your show, like I would enjoy the music. But as much I, I have like a a musical ear, but I'm not gonna be able to pick up the type of stuff you'll be able to pick up if you go listen to somebody else doing similar stuff or even another genre. Like you'll be able to hear stuff I won't be able to hear. Mm-hmm. Much like Norm and I might be able to go see an improv show or a comedy show and we'll be able to see certain things that a comedian is doing or we'll we like I don't know about you, but I always try and see if I can guess the punchline or guess <laughs> stuff that's going to come yeah. back yeah. in a performance and be like, ah, motherfucker. Dude, you just coming, steal. Right? It's all about stealing shit. I mean, yeah. not like stealing shit, like actually stealing shit, but like stealing. stealing. Yeah. It's just stealing. like, yeah. oh, I'm going to fucking take that. Because you know, <laughs> like every time you take it and redo it, you're not redoing it exactly the way it was. You can never really redo something, especially the same way when you do it. Like, for me, on the opposite end, is I outwardly laugh at everything only because I know that I've been up it up there and had that moment where I'm like, this one's got him, and it's like, nothing. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so you're all laughing inside, you fucking pricks. Like, but, like, I, like I, and I outwardly laugh only because I also can hear the joke in my head, too. Yeah, like yeah, you said, yeah. I can hear it and go, oh, I see what you're getting. Okay, mm-hmm. or the potential of the joke. Oh, I see what you were trying to do. It's not there yet. But someday you're gonna fucking either get it or throw it away, and that's yes. sad for you if you throw it away because it's somewhere. So, uh, I, and I think there's a, a quote that states like, uh, when you watch a performance, there's only two real emotions you have: you either hate them because they're fucking better than you, <laughs> or yep, uh, hate them because you're better than them. <laughs> like, yeah. like, you're like this is shit, or exactly. this is so good. Yeah. I- God damn it! How do I get to this level? Exactly. <laughs> yes. And both and both drive you to really creative and awesome places. Exactly. You know, it's just like I'm personally a spiteful person, so like, yeah, I was listening intently because I was just like, I can do what you do, but I'm not up there right yeah. now, yeah. right? Because I can't right. do what you do, but I will do what you do. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know? yeah. So it's like yeah. one of those performances was like heartbreaking sometimes, but like it was also really informative and helpful at the same exact time. You know. It, yeah, it's yeah. not stealing; it's sampling. <laughs> Joe, with the very uh, astute comments, the the words of wisdom, if you will. But that's what they. I mean, there was uh, stuff that came out a while. It was a while back. I can't remember who was talking about this, but the concept is still worth mentioning: is that there really isn't an original idea at this point. I mean, look at just television in general. I mean. They're just completely bringing back old stuff from the fucking 60s and 70s now, old shows, Hawaii Five-0 and all that shit. Nobody has any original fucking ideas now. I mean, something that's inherently original, original. But as like you were saying, Elijah, like even – and you can I can hear some of it sometimes in music. You'll hear like just a, just a bar, and you're like, huh, that sounded familiar. And it's because it came from another song. I mean, you got to be careful with copyright stuff and all that jazz, but you can still – I mean, there's rules on it. You only so, you can only do like a certain amount so or some shit like that. But on to yeah. that moment though, and I don't know if anyone else has that moment, but there are certain points in music because I love music. I think it's the one thing that connects every single person on this earth yep. is that you can listen to different types of music, but the, that's the always the connector. And I moved around a lot, so I got into different types of music. There's always this one part in some songs where you hear it 
and you either want to cry or you play that part over again. It's like a tune. It's a sound. There's just one part where you go, God damn it, that's good. And I don't know what it is, but every time it like gives you chills, goosebumps, whatever. Um, I think that's like the greatest. Like I think that's the gold case. That's the the fucking you know the the key that unlocks everything. It's just that one bit that everyone's trying to get to the point where people go, I have to replay it. Mm-hmm. I have to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think music definitely has more of that power potential than comedy. Yeah. Uh, like comedy, I feel like is um, it's good for the moment. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like it gives you yeah, that yeah. it gives you that momentary like joy and whatever. But I feel like music lingers in your mind a lot more. I find it's very difficult I, to find a I joke. I think, I think, I mean, both definitely linger, but. I think comedy can create controversy a lot and that with time. which yeah with time I mean like that is and the vulnerability of like comedy I feel oh brings us to our next section here it does yeah perfect see, I wasn't going to say anything yeah. but I don't want to say anything I mean, see it's, it's but all like, has its structure my friend I mean friend. like work <laughs> <It's all laughs> oh, don't look behind right, right. the backdrop I'm not looking <laughs> There's little gnomes with little tools, oh, and the, the Wizard of Oz is back there. No, I was kidding. Yeah. But I'm, I'm I'm saying like when I was working this like variety show, what I got out of, like I wasn't just looking at the other musicians performing that night. I was looking at the improvists and the stand-ups to also look at what they were doing and steal shit from them, because it's like no matter what, it's performance and it's vulnerability, and I think the vulnerability of both improv. Like, I always, I have to, I can't not laugh at improv. I don't know why. I think it's just the awkwardness of improv. But then standing up, you know, it's just like in and of itself is in so fucking vulnerable that it's just like, it's so beautiful in its own way. But I think, like, the lingering part that you were just talking about, like, I've been to comedy shows where just, like, it's not like a joke that lingers, but it was just like, you know, comedy's morality and the exact opposite in contrast, I feel like, is drama or whatever, you know? So you're you're looking at it like... It, how is this pushing society and how is it pushing me? And it's like, is that right? You know, it's like there's always an ethical question. You know, it's just like I've gotten to so many debates about like what, how, who, what you can say with comedy or what have you. You know, it's just like right. and it's, it's uh, that's what I think so fascinating. But like definitely how to be vulnerable on stage because you see some performers musically and it's like you're not letting anyone in. You're just like playing in front of people instead of like right. performing as its own strain or stream of conscious. You know, it's just like. You're not like welcoming, you know. It's just like whatever you want to do. You're not, you're not even being like abrasive. You're just there yeah, <laughs> or something, you right, know. Right. It's like you know, it's like stage presence right. really matters, and like that's what I gained out of those comedians yeah. watching them like every week. I was like, wow, the, holding space. There's definitely a way, like we can notice that with an improvised or Im- improv team or improvisers in general. That what you're talking about. For musicians, though, how do you delineate between the two? Somebody who's just playing. Versus somebody who's performing, is there a, is there, have you gleaned any tidbits where you can tell between the difference? So I can definitely tell the difference. I'm sure you can tell the difference, Norm, as well. It's very easy <laughs> in improv to tell who's just there to be funny hmm. and who's there to actually give a be vulnerable and give like a true performance on stage. But for musicianship, I'm curious if you've. Uh, if there's a way you can tell or if you've noticed anything like that? Well, I think, like, 
it's all comparative. So it's like I compare someone's performance to my own performances. So I look at somebody and I'm like, I'm sure you guys get the same way. It's just like, would I make that decision? Would I say this? Would I say that? Would I do this? Would I say yes to that? Like, you know, it's never saying no in improv, right? Or is right. it always say, yeah, it's always say yes. Well, there's, yeah. well, there's <laughs> the rules. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, the yeah, rules yeah. and stuff you like that. You start at one point, yeah. and then once you get into <laughs> they, the real weeds, you, you, you have yeah, for yeah. Uh, no no's, and then <laughs> later on in your career, you realize you're like, you say I'm going to say no. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say no to that, you jag off. Um, yeah, like, I mean, oh, I'll just God. very, very briefly, the Irish improv show that I do with my two buddies, Kyle and Joe, um, you know, <laughs> one of the tenets of improv is don't argue on stage. And our entire show is arguing. Entirely it's arguing. arguing. Like, it's to the brilliant. point where... That's where, so sick. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's... So it's, it's, it's I mean, other, well, so the other thing is, like, other, like, we have a really good chemistry, so we make mm-hmm. work. Other teams might not be able to pull it off yeah. because it can get you into bed. But you have to have... Real good chemistry to make that work. Norm and I on stage when we perform, we could argue with one another. We could make it work, but a lot of people can't do it. So that's why the the theoretical rule is: don't argue on stage, don't, <laughs> don't fight, because like it's it. hard to get to a good place. Because then it just turns into an argument, yeah. and people are like, I don't want to watch this shit. His, his, <laughs> his Irish group, I mean, they bitch for a good twenty minutes, and <laughs> yeah. it's entertaining all the way. Yeah, <laughs> the whole time. That's Even incredible. when we're agreeing with each other, we're still <laughs> yeah. arguing with each yeah. other. Yeah, they're still yelling at each other. <laughs> yeah, it's like let's. <laughs> Let's go to London. Nah, fuck that. I want to go to Los Angeles. Well, we're going to go somewhere. Yeah, we're going to go somewhere. But we're still arguing. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck are we even... Are we going to go or not going to go? But yeah, but do you find that with... Uh, I don't, And it doesn't have to necessarily be folk music in general, I guess, but just like... Or it can be, I suppose. But do you find uh, that happening in performances on stage where, where you're looking at somebody who's not you and you're like, ah, this guy's just a fucking poser, man. This is not... I mean, I personally that like I'm a spiteful person and self critic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just this is the I, second time I am. This. Yeah, I'm really spite. Like oh, why I started playing music was like out of spite. You know, it's just like the fire of just like my brother plays music and he gets girls. Shit, <laughs> piano sucks. I'm gonna play guitar. <laughs> like no one's gonna travel around with a piano. Like everyone just roams around wherever the fuck with a guitar. And I was like, I'm gonna be better than you than this. Like, I need to be better than you at this. I love that so, so I did that. much. I love <laughs> like, that so much. Like, bro. So I think it all comes down to <laughs> pussy at the end of the day, doesn't it? Oh, God, I didn't want to bring it there. I didn't want to bring it there. But like, yeah, be... <laughs> <laughs> I was right, really right. jealous. Yeah, for um, sure. No, I hear you, but that so, motivates. Yeah, that, that motivates, motivate. and that. But it also, you know, the greatest. Greatest attribute is also a very big weakness. So it's like mitigating like this, like, all right, how can I be supportive and like gain something from somebody that is not deprecating to myself? Like that's too self-critiquing of of them or of me or something like that. So it's like, like I'm not going to self-critique other people, but what I've gained is like my performances start, like I've, I've always like tried to introduce like an arc with my music and with the entire like fabric of what I want to convey in general. Like each performance has to be like a movie. You know, there's always this very relatable arc that I want to like convey to you. Um, and that's what I've gleaned and try to do every, every time. So, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I like, I like that about, cause even in improv, it's the same putting together a story arc. Right. And I see a lot of musicians who are, the really, really good ones are able to not only with uh, 
the music, but how they transition between songs and how they interact with the crowd. They're providing an overall. It's not. It's not even a performance. It's like an experience. Right. It's an atmosphere. It's at, yes. It's yeah. an atmosphere that is created. It's. I don't know. Would, no, it's kind of difficult to do with improv necessarily. I mean, you don't really. Would you say, Norman, that you can create an atmosphere with improv? That's why I'm saying like music is slightly different in a way. Like it consumes yeah. you. I feel like. Like I do like what you're saying. Like comedy can make you think and it can hit you. Like boom. Like right in the gut. It'll hit you. Like somebody just punch you right in the stomach. Mm. I think music can do that sometimes, but I feel like music gives you that more like overarching, like I'm in something larger than myself. Whereas comedy, Norm, I don't know what your thoughts are, but I feel like it's more like this. I'm in this thing for like a minute. And it's like, okay, now what's the next thing? Mm. I don't know. That's how I feel about it sometimes. I think because with music, it's for one, if you dissect it, it's the sound of a melody that immediately kind of keeps you then it's the lyrics and the words being said with 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 improv specifically you have to build an entire world in the first three minutes and uh and then have everyone kind of in the back of their mind know what that world is and Mm -hmm. understand what it is and then follow you along on that journey and then tie all those together in one ending world with music, you're kind of already in that world. Even if you don't know what the song is or who the artist is, you immediately know that you like this sound and you, you're you kind of enveloped by the words being said or by the tune. And I think the only thing that could probably do that just the same is theater. Because yeah. the world is built, you if see you it see in it. front of you, yep. and then now it's just kind of the, the performance on stage. Yeah. Um, it's I think it's like music first, theater, and then improv would as you get to improv, that that veil becomes smaller and smaller and smaller and harder to, to create, I think. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree with that also. Is Yeah, I mean, with improv, you're creating on the spot, so you have to really get audience buy-in right off the bat. With theater, you kind of already know what you're getting yourself into when you read the damn play mm-hmm. like when you, or like when you read the title mm-hmm. of the play. Um, and the synopsis of it. Um, I feel like stand-up has that quality, though. Like, I've definitely been to a stand-up, and I'm trying to remember, like, the comic, but he's at the Chicago Theater. It's Eric something, but he's, like, super vulgar. He has a podcast that's also... I don't know. But, like, like, watching his performance is one of the most informative things I've seen in years. It was just like, I don't know how you're doing this right now, but you're talking for two hours, and I have not stopped listening to you. And I have... (laughs) Hadn't done that in probably, you know, my whole life. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know how yeah. that has happened. Uh, comedy, like, I will say stand-up is storytelling. Yeah. It is it's true. an intensive storytelling. Intensive like, storytelling. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and most uh, famous comedians, because, I mean, you, you can, it, when you immediately think about it, you think of uh, comedic bits, and it's literally a beginning. Like, they, they start on what they've seen in the world. They talk about the things that they've noticed, mm-hmm. and you notice them too, right? So it's funny because you all have that similar kind of connection. So, so how would you how would you create that with music? Then, like, how have you? What have you witnessed? And I know Joe's got a question, so we'll get to Joe's question in a mm. second. But uh, how, how would you create that story with music? Well, I mean, like Hamilton is a good example of that. Right, I mean, it's a whole, literally, a whole fucking story. It just right, but that, I mean, think like, that's mul- you... multimedia, right? It's like yeah. that's that's theater, which is like eighteen True. different types True. of like media's come come 
binding, you know, it's just like, and I think that that's why comedy and music are so relatively like, you know, com you can compare them very easily is because it's like there is vulnerability and then it stops yeah. there. It's just yeah. like when you invite people in, you invite them to yourself. And it's just like, I could be playing a song on stage or I could be like, performing a song on stage. And what I try to do at least, even it's like, mm -hmm. you know, I, again, like I try to construct my entire set list to be an experience and just like not to be a, not like in a dynamic way, like when you're doing a bit, it's like you're not gonna try to make people laugh the entire time. You're gonna like work, 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 throw in a little bit, throw in a little bit, build, 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 big bit, let the, you know what I mean? It's just like, right. and that's what's right. so fucking fascinating about it because it's like, you're not like, I see, you know, if you go to a show and you listen to like an entire set of music and you're like, the entire time it's yeah, just like it's, it's cool like that was that was a that was a whole set like yeah. what i try to do is like i'm gonna do this texture and bring it back and i'm gonna do this texture and bring it back and then i'm gonna do this texture and bring it back and then i'm gonna have this like middle period and i literally get everyone to stretch with me i call it like the mid-inning stretch like at a, <laughs> at a baseball game i'm just cool. like i'm exhausted at this point and i always feel fucking weird during the middle of the set so i get people just to like put up their arms and do a yoga stretch with me and just like, you know, like engagement. And it's just like, I always welcome people and like say, tip your goddamn bartender. You know, it's just like, and just like talk to, it's like a weird rhetorical thing happening. Cause it's like, you're talking to an entire room, but you're also just like talking to yourself at the same time. But like, you're, right. but yeah. you're having a conversation with like almost yourself, but the entire room at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. interspersed with these like really personal vulnerable things like my music is really personal and vulnerable and I put like everything I possibly can into it so that's right. that's how I try to build like y you know just like this this period of time where you're just like you're just with me and we're just like with each other and that's I mean? the key that's the key to any good live performance on stage I think in general I mean, we could we could relate it to on camera as well but particularly on stage like people are right there in front of you mm. Like, if you're being disingenuous, like you're saying you're just playing instead of performing, if you're just trying to tell jokes mm -hmm. on stage instead of actually trying to make a connection with the person across from you, mm -hmm. the audience can tell that, and they're not going to enjoy it. The, the, like, creating that story, that performance, that atmosphere comes with um, that vulnerability because <laughs> being, being human, we all – if someone is willing to be vulnerable on stage through their music – through their comedy, by connecting with somebody. I mean, our, our best improv shows were not where, I mean, we, we got very comfortable with each other. So we would just, I wouldn't know what the fuck we were going to say. You would know what the fuck we were going to say. No, They'd no. just be like, I'm just looking at you. I'm like, no, we're going to go somewhere with this. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, yeah. that's a vulnerability. But like, people people who on other improv shows, whatever, they'll just come out like, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to say this thing. Dude. And you're like, bro. Whoa! Yeah. Like this is whack. Some whack. Like it's it's hard for me to even sit yeah. in an improv show. I can't imagine what it would be like sitting in a, like sitting in a open uh, mic or like a variety show, watching some dude trying to play his music that's fucking corny as shit, and he's trying to like make a bunch of dumbass jokes to like get the people. I would f be like, yo, bro, get the fuck off the stage, mm -hmm. man. Because yeah. like that's something that we we. I mean, people think <laughs> the funniest thing is like audience members. We'll have that reaction, but fuck, if you're a performer, it's like a hundred times, you're like, God, bro, get the fuck off. Like, mm -hmm. you're you're ruining this 
Do you get this feeling at all, Elijah? Do you get this feeling at all where you're like, you see somebody that's so bad, you're like, fuck, you're ruining this for me. Like, <laughs> these people could come see me and enjoy this thing that I do as well as you, but you're fucking it up so bad, they're going to be turned off forever and never listen to folk music again or never come see an improv show again because you're so fucking bad at this. Justin, you get why this are at you all? saying this out loud? Right yeah, now, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> You just got a lot off your chest. <laughs> you just got that was like months of just Those pent just up. In the audience, yeah. Like, what are you doing? Go home. Just mentally heckling person. I have only heckled one person in my entire life, though. You actually heckled a person. I heckled a person in an open mic when they were doing a comedy bit, and I was like, I just couldn't stand it. It was right after Trump got elected, and they were talking about Hillary, and I was like, put on my worst Boston accent and I was like fuck you and just like <laughs> got him off the stage because he wasn't like doing it funnily you know yeah. like yeah. it wasn't funnily. wasn't I mean it was just like it wasn't crass and it was it was just like blatant bad and I was like yeah, yeah you're ruining yeah. this for yeah. everybody and you deserve to be heckled like yeah. I'm sorry like I wouldn't appreciate if somebody heckled me but like if you're gonna bomb, might as well bomb, bomb big. hard. Well, yeah. it's also a learning experience when you bomb. Like, oh, you definitely learn. I love like, a good it bomb, sucks, but yeah, I mean, a good bomb is you a good gotta bomb. bomb. Yeah. If you can't grow as an artist if you don't bomb on stage, you know, yeah. you got a good. If you uh, haven't bombed, I don't. I don't trust you as a human. You yeah, know? how would you? How do you, you handle? Bomb. I mean, I've definitely bombed. I'm sure you have bombed. How do you deal Once. with bombing <laughs> once? Chain smoking you. and Malort. Fucking <laughs> 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 just like oh, I man. I bombed you're, my hardest. Oh. <laughs> they're, they're an existential threat, you know? Like this time last year I played a show at Cafe Mustache and I broke two strings on stage oh, on my shit. guitar and I had to play my entire, you know, seven song set with a banjo that I had to transpose everything in my head to a different key and in the banjo. And it was like for four people and I was like sweating bullets. And I was just like, I just bombed the worst you could bomb with like a drummer and a banjo. Like who wants to listen to just a, it was just awful. And I just got outside and it was like, pretty satisfied with that. Yeah. Like it can't get much fucking worse you than point, yeah. that. You, know? you always know that it's a shitty, like it's a shitty night and it really hurt when like, Someone comes up and go, not bad, good job. Oh no, yeah, you did really great. I like your chords. You did really great. That's just that's. And you're like, Stop <laughs> I like your chords. To me. Yeah, I like <laughs> I your chords. chords. It's like well, I know I didn't do good. You don't have to do that. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. Well, how do you feel? How do you feel about that? Because I always, I always, uh, after performances, you get people who are like, oh, that was. Uh, I'm always like. Uh, Stop talking. You, <laughs> yeah. Uh, are you being? How sincere are you being? Because yeah. I mean, like, because here's the thing. As a performer, you know when you done goofed. Like, you know when you've had a good show and you've had a bad show. And, I mean, like, there's still maybe some elements even in a bad performance or a bad show where you're like, there was some good bits people might have enjoyed, but on the whole, you know, hmm, this was not my best. Let's be real. Uh, with performers, it's either really good or awful. That's true. <laughs> like, there's only there's hard. Yeah. It's hard yeah. to have an in-between. That's true. Because in your mind, it could be a, a decent show. It could be a show that everyone's like, yeah, it wasn't bad. In your mind, like, that fucking sucked. Yeah. I hated every minute of it. Yeah. And you're like, no, it was, it was all right. And like, no, nope, it was trash. Everyone <laughs> knows it. Everyone sees it. <laughs> yeah. 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 I've definitely had some of those as well. Um, do you find having watched improv, stand up, and other music performances, Elijah, that 
Um, is there any? Oh, I guess I'll ask you this question: Is there any? Is there like one major takeaway that you've had from watching improv or stand up that you've used in your music performance? It certainly isn't telling jokes because I'm not good at telling <laughs> jokes. <laughs> but I think it's just like, um, at least with stand up and improv. I mean, a lot of things to do with music musicality with watching other musicians but like in terms of stage presence and like what we were just talking about like building a world in a flash like immediately yeah yeah then i like when i get on stage and when i start and when i stop you know i've started and you know i've stopped like and you know when the middle is and that's like i'm gonna greet you i'm gonna stretch you out in the middle and then i'm gonna say this is my last song and people i think especially with music, it's like one crazy element is that you know what to expect in a really weird, mythical, mathematical way. You hear something, and then you hear the resolve of it. And then I think like the expectation is what like pulls you to that resolve. And I think with a performance, if you know what to expect, it gives us like incredible base where you can just like, oh, fuck, I can just be myself. You can like sit in it. Yeah, you, you can, can just sit like in sit it in, in like, it. All right, this is what I'm getting myself people into. People will feed this and be like, oh, this is his, like, last song. Like, shit, okay, yeah. Or, like, this is the middle of the set, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think building expectation within, like, an understanding is just, like, incredibly helpful. And, and improv does that. Like, what? yeah, what, what you said. It's just, like, this is how it's going to go. And I've seen bits go so far down the rabbit hole where at the end yes. the people are just, like, where are we? <laughs> yeah, it's just like it is yeah. so great because it's like you built this master universe where it's just like you're you're in it, you know. And I try to yeah. So I, have you seen that in music it. performance? That type yeah. of phenomenon. Oh yeah, with people who are just out the door, great. You know, it's just like the most fantastic performers. It's like I went to really good shows where it's like the music is fantastic, but then there's just like you go to you go to the show. You know what I mean? Like you watch like professionals. Like at, like those big stadium shows or whatever, it was just like that shit's inc- that's just messed up. Like a tiny little human being, like miles away mm-hmm. from you, when you're a stadium seat, you've bought for like three hundred dollars at the last minute, or you know, it's just like, and they're inspiring you over like yeah. screens. It's just like that's 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 not like a easy or like a product thing. You know, it's just like those people are like performers down to the bone. Yep, and they build that incredibly well i think that's where like the rhetorical things it's like when someone's like how you doing tonight in those big stadium shows it's not like how are you guys doing <laughs> you know yeah. it's just like yeah. i'm doing fucking great how are you yeah. you're gonna feel fucking good too and it's not like i can translate that into my own performances because i ain't gonna be playing stadiums in you know i'll be in, in heaven maybe or something you know but like the shows <laughs> that i'm doing it's just like to me, yeah i want to do that but yeah, yeah i mean for my performances right now in the venues that i'm playing it's just like being we're all in fucking same room you know i'm gonna see you after at the bar <laughs> it's just gonna yeah, be right. and it's gonna be great buy me a shot of malort <laughs> I, will say I love Malort, by the way. Oh, I don't, I don't it's great. No, if you guys it's knew like that about me i mean, like yeah. a I, mean oh, I love it i mean i'll yeah. drink it but not not uh, I love not bringing willingly. this up. It's such a it's divisive it, it liquor. Is, it it is. is a divisive you can, liquor. You can be like, I kind of like Jaeger. It's like, I kind of like Jaeger too. But Malort's like, I fucking hate Malort. Yeah, that's I used to yeah, fucking yeah, love Malort. For an yeah, improv yeah, yeah. show. Uh, uh, like on stage, I used to drink it on stage. Whoa. And so we made a big pitcher mixed with a bunch of stuff. And then we had to take it as a shot at the end. Oh. And I got so used to the taste 
And Ugh. I was like, this shit isn't bad. No, it's but good. But it was like Malort, Sweet Tea, Ugh. Mountain Dew. Like, it was some toxic shit. So what I was going to say is one of my favorite concerts was actually Behind a Pillar. Like, I paid a, a <laughs> shitty amount of money, and I enjoyed the fuck out of this concert. No, and there's just a man. giant pillar, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's I incredible. Love it. And every once in a while, I go, <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Bro, the, the pillar awesome. was your muse for the music to give this you inspiration. Giant white pillar. Oh, my God. Like, uh, uh, wow. Uh, like, why is this big black man dancing with this pillar? It's so bizarre. <laughs> Everyone was high there anyway, so it did not matter. Oh, my God. That's fucking hilarious, dude. Oh, my God. I was also going to say one more thing. I think uh, this is just a request from me to you. I think uh, one show, just one show, you should finish on this beautiful point song. And then right when you write with the last chord, just go scene. And then just walk away. Just go scene. 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 <laughs> and then just walk away. Or, or Finn. <laughs> give, it a, give it a French yeah, variation. Like, That's it such a good idea. Finn. And then like, just for walk any, off. Like, if you perform with imp- improvisers, like that should just be one moment where you're just and scene. <laughs> <laughs> and then just leave. And then just leave. I do that in normal life, so I'd love to do that. Oh, perfect. Yeah, yeah, do yeah, it on stage. Yeah. Just, yeah. Like, oh, that's fantastic. Well, this has been a wonderful conversation. Uh, I'd love to keep it going, but I have another amazing thing that we can talk about. Well, amazing is a relative term for this, but it's still in, in line with what we were talking about. So moving right along in utter news. Real quick, I want to talk about what's going on in Pilsen. So Norm found this story um, from blockclubchicago.org. Not yet a sponsor. But can be at any time. We are more than happy to take sponsorships. We're open. We're open to it. So just saying. That was really subtle. We're, <laughs> we're available. Please. <laughs> Pretty please. Darn. We'll bring you pie. <laughs> uh, anyway, so uh, what happened in Pilsen was, uh, this is a little bit horrific. So. There were so the 18th Street L line, which I believe is red, red, pink. Uh, it's pink, pink, it's oh, pink. It's pink. Thank you. Lovely yep, pink. I've, I've so spent a few, uh, few tens. All right, <laughs> just like I've been, <laughs> been there. Yep. A, few, a few times I've been, I've been there. This, this, this next song on 95.5 Smooth Jazz. <laughs> <laughs> Goes out to the uh, pink we're line. We're going out to the pink line. The, the uh, pink line was named the roma- most romantic of all the L lines. Of course, it was. And the least sm- that's smelling like no, that's it was. No, it was based on a, a study of misconnections on Craigslist. <laughs> <laughs> this was this was true. I think I, I read it in red eyes. Wait a minute, slow down. Like Craigslist misconnections? Yeah. Are there other types of? Well, I thought you meant like misconnections on the actual L. Like, like oh, shit, I meant to get off yeah, of the 18th. Like, and no, no, like, no, no. Going no. to 35th. The, the, mis- oh, no, the misconnections section of, of Craigslist. Yeah, of Craigslist. Oh, yeah. oh, interesting. Uh, I used to read that shit every morning when I woke up, just in case wow. I was on it somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's smart. Yeah. Next yeah. up on Never. Uh, Never. 95.5 oh, Smooth Jazz, we've got a uh, misconnection uh, <laughs> the pink line. Oh, man, that would be a great uh, radio you were, bit. Uh, you were singing my smooth, sultry jazz notes, and then... Uh, Got off at the 18th line and uh, 
I missed the sound of your sultry voice. Who are you, weirdo? <laughs> don't, e- don't even do that to yourself. That was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Like you All right. Jump into radio right now. All right. Let's get into this next story. You got two more things to talk about mm-hmm. before we get to the jag off, and that's a whole thing that's going to be talked oh, about. Yeah. All right. So, uh, look, the crux of the story is there are a bunch of beautiful murals on the 18th Street pink line on the L stop, and then... They got all painted over, just just random white stuff. On, like, just Yeah. Yeah, it got whitewashed is the term. Oh, they got Tom Sawyer. I think that's right. some sort of a, <laughs> that's some sort of a, a, a thing. You, you got to hit the camera, Joe, if you don't mind. Yeah. A technical break. Technical, yeah, break. technical uh, break. But anyway, so, yeah, they had all this wonderful art and murals uh, on different portions of the, of the stop, and people are just, like, just random... Uh, uh, like boxes of white. Yeah. Like they didn't paint over the whole thing or anything. Just like random spots. They just put a bunch of whiteness. It's like, yo, what the fuck is that, man? Well, like, I mean, why? It's kind of not their fault. I mean, it's the alderman is fault. pissed. Yeah, Byron Lopez. Yeah. I'm not gonna. Well, because Sigcho Lopez, Twenty Fifth Ward. Yeah. The Twenty Fifth Ward. Well, I mean, they had these commissioned in the '90s, and they had these murals painted. I mean, generations have grown up with these murals at this point. And then they were tagged, they were graffitied, and instead of hiring the, the individuals or even just asking the individuals who made them to come back and update them and repair them, the city went, oh, just put some white paint on it. No one will notice. No one will give a fuck. We don't care. And so they did that, and people got pissed off. Yep, right, that's right exactly what so. happened. Well, because the murals were painted in 1998 by Francisco Mendoza. Gallery 37 students and the Mexican Museum of National Art as part of the city's Adopt a Station program. So, I mean, it was like a thing. Yeah. Like, this was a thing. Like, yeah. this this was an inherent part of Pilsen. Mm-hmm. And, like, these were done by people in the neighborhood who were like, this is our culture. And somebody just, like, fucked on their culture. Yeah. <laughs> Big, uh, put a, with I mean, it would have been white paint. With, yeah, with white paint. And the irony of Pilsen being a super gentrified area or gentrifying area right now is not, I mean, it's, it's not lost in this story. No. no. It's like big little no. blocks of white paint. I mean, because they're talking about the heritage being painted over yeah. with these big blocks of white paint. And it's just like, well, it's just a wall. No, it's, you're already pushing a group of people out of the area. But then to even just take away something as, as simple as a mural that a lot of people have had and not even, like you said, uh, I, I would hate it if they painted over the full mural, but not even fucking paint over the full thing. Like not even just clear out the full thing. Just put it smack dab in the middle like someone pissed on it and then walked away. Yeah, it's just it's just ridiculous that it's even that people would even consider doing such a thing, much like the graffiti artists uh, who put graffiti on the beam. Could, yeah. Like, what the hell? Like, what are you doing? Like, what the fuck? Who are you? That's kind of so funny. That's, that's my... I, my, I, I really hate the, the people who just come and do the, the tagging because that, that messes up for everyone because it gives one it gives graffiti a bad name. The whole idea, concept of street art, which can be really fantastic art, uh, yes. it just gets 
lost on this because when they just come up and just write some some random shit and it looks terrible, I mean, it really makes everything look else look worse. And then you got to come in and, and clean it up. And it's a pain in the ass for everyone. And I was saying before earlier, this is why spray paint is not allowed in the city of Chicago. I, I can't even go like paint a, a, a fucking chair or something because I, I can't get spray paint in the city because they don't sell it because they're afraid of people. But people still people go out, outside. It. Yeah. And then there's spray paint nonsense on stuff. Uh, but when you could be making legitimate art. So this is my call to all the people who go out there and actually like paint things. Make make if you're gonna go paint something, make real art. Like make something pretty. Like just make it. Wait pretty. wait wait wait. Like, so you're on. talking about subjective things here. Yeah. I, mean, I, would, I would argue right. that like so, any tag so, can yeah. be so beautiful. The second thing I'm gonna I'm, well, I was gonna call out for, for for this whitewashing thing. Just to all the people in the neighborhood, residents, neighbor, just go paint on the new white wall. Paint something nice there. Maybe uh, someone should chat, the, tag the, the white wall. Unwhitewashed. Well, I mean, if you put like. Fuck you, CTA on it. They'll have to come out and fix it. So that's also true. Like, isn't that yeah. like that lady who spray painted a penis on a uh, on her sidewalk because there was a a, a pot? Oh my god! I love that. That was so good. Yeah. 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 They were like, right. "Please don't ever do this again, people." And people were like, "What? What? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you mean you'll fix our shit if we draw dicks?" <laughs> I, I gotta tell you, you guys. Nobody uh, wants to see a dick. Nobody wants a dick pic, and nobody wants a dick on the streets. Well, nobody wants potholes either. So yeah, well, that's the point. Yeah, but like, I, people want they want less dicks on their streets than they do, yeah. which is which is difficult because some guys walking around could well, be dicks. It, but part of it was pretty smart, and I was like, oh shit, that's kind of a no, idea, that's so. very freaking genius. <laughs> yeah. So I I want to say I I spent a lot of time in Berlin and uh, has fucking fantastic street art. Like really, it's it's amazing there. Uh, and well, a lot of places in Europe in general, just I, mm-hmm. they do art better in, in general. But um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Anyway, right. well, there's a so I'm, of American art for you. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, but I'm gonna, I was just going to tell a story about my my favorite piece of street art that I came across in Berlin, uh, which I highly recommend that people go and check out. I mean, yeah, it's it's amazing. But in this one subway station that I used to take this train every day uh, going to class and in inside the station, because I was there every day and you could see like along the train racks, uh, sorry, train train tracks, there's nothing, nothing. And then one day overnight, an entire mural just appeared over the train, over the tracks, literally overnight, just a full mural just appears. So where, where the people had to paint it had to be on the tracks to paint it. And the whole mural was a birthday message. It said happy birthday and it was this full I, I can't remember what the whole image was, but it was a really nice, pleasant scene and it said happy birthday to so and so. And it was it was like a birthday card. Like this somebody made a birthday present to someone and their present was to paint this huge mural on the subway tracks. And it was gorgeous and amazing and inspiring. And it touched me. And I'm like, this is fucking cool. So this is what I want to see. I want to see stuff like that in Chicago. Well, that's uh, that's a good point, and thank you for that story. That's cool. As as a person who was also in Berlin, I can say that there was a lot of I mean, there's definitely a lot of art on the old Berlin Wall, if you know what I'm saying. But uh, I think um, I think to summarize this story, the Berlin about the yeah, Berlin I mean, Wall when they tore it down. There's a lot of graffiti and shit yeah, on yeah, it, yeah, yeah. and there's okay, still a lot of very nice murals on it. Okay, so cool. they kept some of it up. 
be. Oh, okay. So it's not all torn down. Uh, I thought I when that. the Berlin Wall came down, like it all yeah, came, down. It all nah, came down. Nah, son. No. Nah, okay. there's tons of Berlin Wall there, and there's just tons hmm. of art on it now. Oh, oh yeah, it was the that. biggest. Thing. Of course, then you got people pissing on the wall, but that comes with but, all art. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> but I think um, you know Joe's point is uh, well taken, and I think we'll, we'll end this uh, segment with this quote from the article. Where uh, somebody wrote, I wasn't sure if it was a Twitter thing or somebody wrote somewhere, but they basically said, hoping with others that this is for new murals, but still, I love the ones that were there. This hurts. Wish CTA would have given some type of notice at least. So thanks, CTA. But uh, for those people who are in those neighborhoods, I mean, you know, maybe it gives, uh, I mean, it sounds like it was done by this one guy or maybe a couple of people. So now maybe some new yeah, artists will definitely. have the opportunity to and the show their stuff. Yeah, or come, come back together. and refresh it and, uh, and leave it the fuck alone. I love that. I think that's leave that's it. I, I go in with what Norm alone. said, which I don't, I don't think we, Norm said earlier, which I don't think we mentioned. Uh, but he was like, you know, that even the tagging, even though I just, as I just said, I don't like it. But he said it's still part of the city and it's still. It, it it's actually like it's art on top of art, sort of like the resampling, and it's so you're you're making something new. So even that is better than, well, better than the white wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Elijah, any final or parting thoughts on this white washing of the Tom murals? I'd say the the tags and everything are street art. I think anything you see on the street is street it, yeah art, it is you know yeah. that's 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 what i would say i mean i'm i think like i just want it to be prettier the the but like that's the thing though what what what's pretty i'm gonna right. leave it with yeah, that that's all that's, that's just gonna leave yeah, it that gets into a yeah. deep that's just that's just like that's a whole yeah, thing you know you, yeah. you parse out that and you you pff, yeah everything's closed by the morning i still i still gotta also shout out i was telling them before this there there is a a sort of tag i it's writing anyway it says made you look and there are numerous uh, uh, murals, gigantic, like like maybe 20 to 30 foot long, tall murals that say made you look. And they're painted, I've seen at least three of them in West Loop, uh, very high up on, on the sides of buildings. I've seen from like, like looking outside of the L, writing the L going by. I don't know who's doing them. I, I assume that they're all done by one person. And I assume that there are several other places in the city. I have Googled this before and not come up with anything. So if anybody knows, <laughs> or keep your eyes out for them, because I think this would be a really cool thing to go and discover all the other locations that somebody <laughs> has gone around and just painted giant murals that say, made you look. Mm. Mm. So, all right, well, look out for that, Chicago. Yeah. Look yeah. out for the made you looks. Yeah. And We're uh, going to be the first to announce this, but yes. may- maybe it's on. Uh, on now uh, some artists thoroughly pissed if they ever listen to this podcast um all right well with that moving right along in order news all right another interesting story uh very very briefly so there's this uh elijah did you hear about the world's biggest sleep out no oh well let me tell you about it so people in 50 cities around the world including chicago are choosing to sleep outdoors this was last saturday night so it Hmm. happened this past week uh their goal was to bring attention to all those who don't have a safe place to call home more than that sounded so condescending. Uh, more than 100 people will sleep outside in the cold on DePaul University's quad as part of the world's biggest sleepout. Hmm. Organizers said that there were about 9,000 people in Chicago who are experiencing what they call street and shelter homelessness. So students at DePaul uh, who have witnessed the problem now said they're going to do their part and sleep outside <laughs> with them. 
did did it's, they it's the did they go find raise... did they go find a homeless person and and, and nope, invite them to share their dorm for the night while they slept outside? Yeah, nope, they're just hoping. they're just gonna be one. They're hoping to raise fifty million dollars and have fifty thousand people sleep outdoors across fifty international cities, including London, Manila, and Barcelona. Barcelona. Wait, how are they getting the money? The where did the money I, I come? I don't. In? I, again, I, 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 no, I, donations. Nope, I doesn't say. Yeah. Yep, the donations are supposed. About fifty percent of what's raised in Chicago will be put toward helping. People who are homeless in the city. That's the gist. Um, I was really hoping that hey, it was let's, like... Hey, let's uh, help the homeless by being homeless. Like, I, I, I was hoping that it would say uh, 50% <laughs> of the people, uh, 50% of the proceeds will go to helping homelessness outside of Chicago. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like around the world. I'm like, wait a minute though. Wait a minute, so you're sleeping outside to help people who are sleeping outside in another place? Said, that seems so ridiculous. You said Man- Manila, at least Manila is warm. <laughs> What do they? What do they do? They just go. They just go cuddle up next to. Him. Hey, guy, I'm here with you. What are hey, you doing? Get off my bitch. <laughs> this is my box. I peed on this. It belongs to me. <laughs> fuck do Why don't you up? give me like twenty dollars instead? Don't sleep nah. with me. No, we're raising money for you. Am I gonna get it like today? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't really know how it works. Oh, that so doesn't you, help me. I'll meet you back here tomorrow. Okay, I'll <laughs> yeah. wait. Why don't you just give me $20 or like a home? No, no, I'm going to sleep with you. Yeah, to, Joy's, no. to, to Joe's point, are we so swapping? Because if I'm going to sleep outside, then then why not someone? like That's insane to me. I get the point of it. I get the purpose of it. And, I, and I, in some sense, it's, it's a beautiful thing. But then in other ones, it's just like, wait, what the fuck are you doing sleeping outside? It's just such a college in thing. Chicago, in the winter. It's cold outside. Yeah. If you have the choice to stay inside, do so because they don't have the choice is, to stay yeah. inside. It's so fucking stupid. It's, a, it's an awareness thing, right? I yes, guess, you know. <laughs> Would you do it, Elijah? I, I mean, it, 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 I mean, it's good. I don't know. <laughs> it, I don't it's know not. It's not real. Like, I don't know if I would. Or you I don't. Would, you but d- it's like. I don't think it's. I don't like it because it gives them the sense that they're like, oh, I know what it's like, or oh, I know, I know how you feel because I, I don't. Right, no, I no, yeah, I think it's more. Of, it's not like I know you, how it you, feels, but it's like don't. the awareness of you're bringing to the the systemic problem is is, is massive. So that's interesting. But well, like it. What say what? Will they get that through? Like, let's say we get a whole. Because I know what the fuck I was like in college. Mm-hmm. My immediate thought would be like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna fucking go outside and we're gonna drink. Yep. We're gonna get fucking blazed. Yeah, we're gonna get really <laughs> drunk. I'm gonna sleep outside and and maybe a fucking sleeping bag. I don't know. We'll see right. what happens. Like, what's going what's going down in this area? Like, what is really and happening? and if I get really cold, I'm gonna go back inside. I'm gonna go home. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm gonna go to McDonald's because it's still open, and then I'm gonna go home. <laughs> Like, that's what I'm going to do. So, like, part of me is, like, I understand it and I get it. And um, it's it's a beautiful thing in the thought of it. But then in the actual... The practicality and application. What's actually going to happen? There are other things. I don't believe that the awareness is more... Because you, you, you'll look at it and go, oh, that's nice. Not going to fucking do anything about it. Right. That's, that's one interpretation is, oh, that's nice. Look at these kids. The other one is my thought, which is... Look at these dumbass kids. <laughs> Why don't you just go give a homeless person twenty dollars, or go bring them into the soup kitchen and the, provide them a meal? They, they do. They do just as much good as as all the the rich white people who go to Africa to like 
like do service. Let's build them a well, and then like 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 six months later, the well is inoperable because there's nobody to operate the fucking well properly. But I, so I want, it gets just as dirty. I want there to be fucking someone stupid. out there with a megaphone, like, hey kids, by the way, just letting you know, if you're not fucking careful. You will be sleeping outside with your college debt. So, uh, go for Bernie. (laughs) (laughs) Or Warren in this case. Or Warren as well. Those are your two options. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's an artistic thing. So, in that idea, it is amazing. But then in the actual, it's kind of like when people, um, uh, when they um, do not parades, they're not called parades, what are they called? Uh, Protests. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Another word that starts Basi- with P. What basically is it? What is it? a parade yes. at this point. Yeah, it's yeah. become and a parade. There used to be yes. times that protests meant something. Yes. They were yes. important. They had a, a sense of importance. Now they're uh, an Instagram shot. Right. right. And it feels oh. weird because it's like, well, no, we've got to go beyond protest now. We've got to either go to changing something or Civil completely shutting shit down and killing yeah. people. Like we, yeah, there's there's an extreme that we have to go. We have to go past that now, unfortunately, because the protest is not going to do. Well, it, I mean, it's like it's seemingly like Instagrammable altruistic thing, right? Like mm-hmm. this whole like I'm going to sleep outside and I'm going to get likes for it and all this thing. But there is an aspect of raising awareness. But yeah. I think there's just like this other step where it's like people being skeptical, like, as we are at this table. Yes. Like, right. okay, so you did this sleep out. Are you going to take that extra mental leap <laughs> and try and do something with social work or, like, you know, like, help a homeless person out? And it's just like, and I think that is where it's, like, may- maybe this peevishness that I'm feeling from you guys. is just like, yes. wow, so you're, like, did this for, like, a night, cool. Are you just gonna you gonna you gonna help out? You gonna volunteer at some place? Uh, I did you know? something because there's like Yay! a lot of thing about like giving money to homeless people in general, or like you know, there's just like yeah, there's a lot of good things, points. You know, if there's people signing people up to work at soup kitchens and shit like that, and go to to start helping, they're, that's they're that is some grassroots shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. because that's, that's where that's they should thing. be. It's like, yeah. hey, sign up. Don't just play pussyfoot. Like, don't fucking bullshit. Get in this, even if it's just for one. A yeah. body is a body, and we need bodies. So that's why I'm hearing with the protest say it's like, okay, you're going to go out the street and like, oh, fuck Trump and stuff. But like, are, are you going to, you know, like do do the other step of that of like canvas for Bernie or, you know, it's just like actually work for Act Blue or something like that. Yeah. Right. Getting, Getting involved, involved is good. Like, yeah. So well, surface level regardless. politics doesn't help yeah. Yeah, many yeah, yeah, people, yeah. you know. And, and I was just a, a shout out to that. Um, the, the weather is a big problem here. And so like, it's not just like, I, I've encountered so many people who are like, no, I, I have enough food. People who are out in the streets asking for money. Yeah, I just need gloves. Like, yeah, they're, mm-hmm. they're cold. Like, they need places to sleep. Uh, they need uh, clothes, yeah, mm-hmm. something like, to keep them warm. This is, these are real needs. There's a lot of people that have... And, and Donate an old coat. Yeah. Give up yeah. some gloves you don't need. You need those three pairs of gloves? Exactly. Perhaps give one to the homeless. I mean, at least that's it's something. Not, they're that's not just hungry. Like, hey, oh, I, I'm so cold. I'm gonna wear these two pairs of gloves. But and even I gloves don't one, matter. I have when, no gloves. Oh no, but I I know how you feel. When fuck out of here. When All we right, when sorry, we start yeah. getting the uh, when we start getting some polar vortex action going on here, like gloves ain't polar gloves vortex. ain't helping. People, yeah. Nope. You, you they those people need homes. They need play, they need shelter or they will die. And if you encounter someone out there help them 
Well, like the city of New York. Well, actually, the city of New York has done some interesting things. But like, there's um, the city of New York like will pay for hotel rooms for all their homeless, so that they and that's actually cheaper than having them out on the streets or some shit. Is basically what they found out. Mm-hmm. So they have problems. There's other cities that do stuff like that. I don't know if Chicago has looked into that, but I, again. I, these kids could be doing stuff like that to get involved or whatever. And it's so that's why, I mean, I'm, again, like you were saying, there's two kind of thoughts. It's like, oh, how nice. Are they going to do anything beyond this? Or is this just like a, hey, I did this. I'm, well, a, I'm a woke. Right, right now that. they're doing a, a lot more than what we're doing by just making fun of the kids. Yeah. That's what I've been thinking about the whole true. time. And yeah. Just like, ah. yeah. Nah, we're bringing awareness. <laughs> <laughs> We're still that, bringing awareness by talking why, about it. But that's why I hope that it's actually. I hope I'm. I hope we're proven wrong. I hope we're smacked in the face with the truth, and they're actually doing Ooh, something that's better than. I mean, I hope so. Because my hope is, I, I hope the same thing about you know Trump when he got elected. I hope that I was completely wrong. You know, I always hope to be told that I'm wrong because then that means they're doing way more. And yes, I agree that they're doing more by sleeping outside, but. You're also just like, man, like, give, go, please tell me that there are boxes set up to give clothes. Like, please tell me that there's shit there set up for them to go, okay, I'm not going to say I did it. I actually did something. And then please trust that those boxes will actually go to those people. Because half the time we give stuff to people and then they go somewhere else. They get sold. They get used. So I hope that on all levels. I'm completely wrong. <laughs> I, that's that's my hope is that I'm completely wrong and that this is the best thing that could have ever happened. Well, that is a good note to end on well, for I, that. I, that's I, a good note to end I on. Give for one that. more. That's a good note. So this is fascin- Joe, I got a fascinating it, fucking Joe. thing I got to throw out there, like because I I I was just reading. I, I don't I have the article, but I was just reading that there was a theory thrown out that there are more. Uh, vacant homes in the city of San Francisco than homeless people. And I was reading a follow-up to it where they actually did economic study on it and basically concluded that it's actually pretty probable. Yeah. Uh, they're, the, they're loose. The, the statistics are a little bit loose on the number of vacant homes and how they calculate that. So there's like some error percentages. But by all like like very serious calculations, it's quite probable that there are more vacant homes than homeless people. Well, you know what that so, sounds like to me? That sounds like a San Francisco problem and not a Chicago well, problem. So with that, <laughs> we're talking about Chicago. It's people experiencing homelessness. Yes. They're not homeless people. That's correct. That is also a good point. And with that, we're going to move right along in other news. news. Hey, it's time for our favorite segment on the podcast, Elijah. You know what time it is? It's the thing that you were making fun of earlier. The you ready? Jaguar? That's right. Are you ready? Uh, it's time for the, the Jagoff of the Week. All right. Elijah got into that one. Yeah, I saw that. It was great. Yeah. All right. So um, this week's Jagoff is uh, the guy who ate the banana that had duct tape on it. That was a hundred and twenty thousand dollar banana piece of art. Hold up, hold up. It, it's everybody involved in this. And then everybody else story. involved in this story. I'm sorry. It's, it's, <laughs> the Jagoff's got to be everybody. It's everybody. Involved. It's From everybody in beginning. This to is end. an actual story, Norm. Elijah, have you heard about this? I've seen a, seen the statuses. 
On the, on the Instagrams? On the Facebooks. On the Facebooks yeah. and the Instagrams yeah. and yeah, the yeah. Twitters. Yeah. All right, so let me tell everybody out here who may not have heard about this. So um, have you heard about the duct tape banana? Because uh, everyone has heard of the duct tape banana. Uh, so apparently uh, there was a whole banana situation that somehow got more absurd. Some dude walked into the art gallery that had a banana duct taped to a white wall. Art. That was the art. Yeah. That was the art. Yeah. Because it was art. And art. And uh, it was just on a white wall. So somebody, uh, some dude walked into the gallery and uh, pulled a banana off the wall and just fucking ate it. He just ate the, he just ate the banana. Which is art as well. Which is also, which <laughs> yeah. the guy, fucking art. the guy, uh, the guy, the guy who did the art basically said, well, that's, so this guy purchased this art for $120,000. Okay. It's a banana. It's, it's, it's just, it's, it's a banana. It's a banana duct tape. To the wall. It's a it's a banana. So so there's this banana. And a guy pays one hundred twenty thousand. And this guy is just like I'm hungry. And just walks up, pulls off the thing, peels it, eats it. And the guy the guy's gone. He comes back. He's like, Where the fuck is my goddamn banana? <laughs> he's like, Oh that guy. And then everybody else is like, Oh that guy over there is eating it. What do you mean? They, nobody stopped him. No, no, no. Wait wait so, wait. So Justin, how how much was it paid? Just, how, guy, how much did they pay? So the for, guy paid $120,000 for this, this piece of art. And as he banana. was getting on the plane, they called him to let him know that someone's currently eating his $120,000 investment. Cur- currently eating. <laughs> yeah. Currently eating. Like, Everyone's showing videos of it right now. It's being ate. Like, <laughs> it's being eaten. And, and like, was the guy not like, oh, well, you should he stop him. Freak the fuck <laughs> out. He's coming back to the gallery to be like, don't eat it. And they're like, uh, it's already been eaten. <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> but we will replace the banana because art is a construct. It's an idea. It's a piece. And he's like, but that was $120,000 fucking dollars. <laughs> I better have bananas for the rest of my life. But then the artist is like, well, you're supposed to replace the banana. The so banana, I mean, will, the banana will it'll go, it'll get moldy. So you're supposed to replace the banana. So the banana will be replaced. So basically, he bought a white wall for one hundred and twenty thousand dollars, a strip of duct tape, and a plethora of bananas that he's going to have to, I assume, replace Bitch, himself. The bananas aren't included. You they're included. They're not included. They're not. You don't get a. You don't get a lifetime supply of bananas for one hundred twenty thousand. He's gonna have to buy his own goddamn bananas to put back there. The guy who ate the banana. No, nope, it's the banana. Or, or the guy <laughs> I feel like it's the guy who bought the banana. No, but that's what I'm saying. It's all everybody. Of it. Yeah, it's all it's of it. Every somebody of it. bought a banana on a duct tape tool wall for hundred twenty thousand dollars. Jag off. Then somebody ate the banana. Jag off. Then all the people who just stand stood around and watched this guy eat the banana. Jag, jag off. The person who called the guy to basically say they're eating it right now. A jag off. There are people who are videotaping it. Everybody is a jag off in this what, situation. Was no, not the jag-offs. not the artist that has probably the, most, the, the genius no. thing the that I yeah that's the anti jag off of jag offs. The anti jag off. Jesus Christ. What was that call like? Oh, oh so by God. the way, uh, it's one hundred twenty thousand dollars. Are you fucking? You mean what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Say it again. Say it again, but louder. So I don't spend another hundred twenty thousand dollars on another banana. The the, the artist expensive banana. His his last work was the. Uh, 18 karat gold toilet that he called America. Oh, oh sick. 
this guy. <laughs> he likes, like, <laughs> that's, that's yeah. just great. Yeah. And, uh, and then he apparently had gone quiet for a few years, and this was his big and new reveal. Thing. And it makes his God. legend even bigger because of what happened. Yeah. And I'm wondering, like, did you pay the performance artist who ate the banana? Because that was that's my what I'm thought, wondering, yeah. Is that you paid that person or asked that person to do that, knowing very well that that And how much did that person get paid to eat the banana? Probably 10 bucks. Yeah. Like, let's be real. I mean, or just asked. Yeah, yeah really. Hey, can like, I eat hey. this banana? Just like, hey, you, like, my broke artist you, friend, you know, are like, you hungry? Yeah. Oh, we're going <laughs> to close the $120,000. He goes to the concession like, stand. I thought hey, this was uh, the spread. I'd like I'm to sorry. get to... <laughs> 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 what the fuck, dude? Hey, who left this good food on this wall? Fucking idiots. He goes to the concession stand. He's just like, hey, can I get some Skittles? Oh, we're fresh out of Skittles. Can I get some Fritos? We're out of Fritos. How about a hot dog? No hot dogs. Pop? Nah, we're all out. What the fuck do you have? There's a banana over there. <laughs> you wanna, you wanna, yeah, I'm hungry, motherfucker. So were, were, the, were the security guards the, the guys who were fired from Epstein's cell? Oh, wow. Uh, let's not wow, talk about them because that's, that's conspiracy. That's, so, a whole, that's a whole thing. But anyway. Statements. No, but so where yeah. were the security guards here? Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the police were there, too. And, and so on top of that was another individual who came in later on, speaking of Jeffrey Epstein, came in afterward and wrote, uh, Epstein's murder. Uh, Epstein didn't kill himself on the white wall. So after that, he was arrested and dragged out, and was like, "Well, if someone can come up and eat the banana, I can write on the wall." So now, on top of that, this piece of art is now a white piece of cardboard and a duct tape banana <laughs> for one hundred and twenty thousand dollars. Unreal. Hmm. I mean, that's a thing that happened in life. Yeah. Hey, someone shot in a can and and took a picture of it, and it became a famous piece of art. So anything's really possible. Mm-hmm. I learned about oh it in college. My God. That's I don't uh, know. I don't remember the name. I don't it was like poop can or something. I wanna, like I wanna, I want I, I, I wanna be able to put the meme. I'll see if I can edit it in for this episode of uh, Doctor Whoever in Futurama. I don't want to live on this planet anymore. <laughs> it's just, that's just the thing that's rolling in my head. I mean, as right an artist, now, that is the most on. baller fucking thing ever. And then as a performance artist, that's even more baller. Mm-hmm. And and then as as people in this human race, it's kind of it's kind of fucking crazy. All right, well, uh, Elijah, you want to give out the last good old jag off uh, to these jag offs? Give you the the pleasure of calling them jagoffs if you'd like. They're jagoffs. All of them. Goddamn jagoffs. I love that. They're a whole bunch of jagoffs. And Elijah told you so. There. That was it. That was the jagoff of the week. And uh, with that, we are concluding our podcast for tonight. Uh, for all of you who are watching, thank you for watching. For those of you listening on iTunes, thank you for listening. And uh, I want to give a couple of uh, thank yous. So first, I'd like to thank. Quiet Storm and Norman for being my co-host and co-star tonight. Oh, thank thank you. you, Norman. Thank you for thank being you. here. Thank you. I'd like to thank Joe for being in the booth, making sure everything was working properly. Thank you very much, Joe, for being here. Ah, oh, shit. I hit the wrong button. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with that, we all end. Um, and then, of course, I would like to thank our special guest, Elijah Burlow, for thank being you guys, here. Thank you, guys. This is hilarious. Extraordinaire. We loved having you on. And um, Friday night, Coles. That's right. Uh, for those of you listening, um, we will be having another segment called Couch Stories. We're going to interview Elijah and learn a little bit more how he got into folk music and everything. I think we've got a little brief history of it. But we're going to ask a few more questions, put them through the lightning round. So go on YouTube and look for that. That will be coming out in about a week or so. So check that out, that additional content you can only get on YouTube. So if you're listening to this and you enjoyed it, well, go to YouTube. 
If you're watching or if you're listening, go to YouTube, hit subscribe, and that little notification bell, it helps us out. More subscribers means more people get to listen to our wonderful content. And then ooga booga baga booga wooga and do that. So that's going to be cool. And then if you, hey, yo, what up, norms, that's cool, then you can also go to Facebook and look <laughs> and go to Chicago 60, S-I-X-T-Y. And you can go there and like and follow <laughs> everything that we're doing there. So you can go and do that. Hey, we got Instagram. <laughs> so you could go to Chicago underscore six For those of you who are who are watching, you know. For those of you who are listening, you don't know, but Norm was mimicking everything I was saying. But uh, go to Instagram, Chicago underscore six zero. That's the numbers this time, six and zero, and follow us there. Uh, you can also, if you're listening to this on iTunes. Hit the subscribe button and please leave us a five-star review because that really helps us out and helps more people when they type in Chicago, find our podcast so they can learn about amazing artists and musicians like Elijah so they can go see the performances and things like that and uh, also learn about cool, funny things going on in the city like the DePaul Sleep Out and the Pilsen Graffiti and all that cool and fun shit. So please go and follow us on all those platforms. We're going to be on Spotify soon. We're going to have a Patreon account. We've got brand new stuff coming out in 2020. New websites. All good stuff. Fun for you. Short films. Comedy sketches. We're doing a lot of stuff, aren't we, Norm? Oh, lots. A lot and a lot of stuff. And with that, I want to throw it off to Elijah. Elijah, where can people find you? You've got a show this Friday at Cole's Bar, right? Cole's Bar, Milwaukee, California. You can find me on Spotify. you You just type in my name in Google and you'll find me. Fine. All right. So type oh, in sure. Elijah Burlow. We're going to tag him and put all of his stuff in every YouTube video description as well as in the description of all forms of media so you can go and find him there. Just click the little description, the little arrow thing, and in the description, all of his stuff will be there. So go and do that and follow him because he's awesome. And I've listened to his music, and it's fucking phenomenal. So go do that, please, and thank you. So with that, gentlemen, we have to do our last and most favorite phrase of all time. <laughs> and that... Thank you, Norm. Thank you, Norm. And there you go. And that is... Bear Down! Fuck, Fuck the, the Packers! Packers. Alright, thank you, everybody. We shall see you next week. Bye. Don't be a dick. Be a Ditka.